0: Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. And thanks for joining us today. It's the 6th of March, and on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1474 when we travel to Italy. Michelangelo was born today It's Michelangelo di Lidovici Buonarroti Simoni in the Republic of Florence. His achievements as a sculptor, painter, architect, and poet. Mean that he is often considered to be the archetypal Renaissance man. Some even see him as the greatest artist of all time. His output throughout his life was prodigious. And today we will look at a few examples of his sculpture, painting, and architecture, and the lasting contributions he's made to Christian culture. Recognized during his lifetime as a unique talent. He was often called Il Divino, the Divine One, particularly for his ability to instil a sense of awe with his creations. Michelangelo was also a devout Catholic whose faith seemed to deepen towards the end of his life. His poetry includes the following closing lines from what is now known as poem 285 neither painting nor sculpture will be able any longer to calm my soul. Now turn towards that divine love that opened his arms on the cross to take us in. Most of his working life was spent in Rome, although he returned to Florence for a while after the downfall of the extremist preacher Savonarola, whose followers were hostile to art and often burnt them in their bonfires of the vanities. You can listen to the pod of February 7th for more about that. Luckily, you can't burn statues, although you can attack them. And that is exactly what happened to the first piece of Michelangelo we will look at, the sublime Pietà, which now can be seen in St. Peter's Basilica for three Michelangelo sculpted two of his best-known works, the Pietà and David, before the age of 30. A French cardinal, an ambassador to the Holy See, commissioned him to carve a Pietà, which is a sculpture that shows the Virgin Mary grieving over the body of Jesus after he has died on the cross. Michelangelo was 24 at the time of its completion, and it was soon to be regarded as one of the world's great masterpieces of sculpture. It is also the only piece that Michelangelo ever signed. The figures are quite out of proportion, owing to the difficulty of depicting a fully grown man cradled full length in a woman's lap. Unusually for the time, he sculpted a young and beautiful Mary, rather than an older woman, around 50 years of age which would have been historically more accurate but he said that he wanted to create a work he described as the heart's image. Christ's face does not reveal signs of the passion because he didn't want his pietà to represent death but rather to show the religious vision of abandonment and the serene face of the sun. In 1972, a mentally disturbed geologist attacked the sculpture with a geologist's hammer while shouting, I am Jesus Christ, I have risen from the dead. With 15 blows, he removed Mary's arm at the elbow, knocked off a chunk of her nose and chipped one of the eyelids. After the attack, the work was painstakingly restored and is now protected in the Vatican by a bulletproof acrylic glass panel. Six years later, Michelangelo having moved back to Florence produced the five meter high sculpture of David. Originally commissioned for the roofline of the east end of Florence Cathedral, hence its height, as a sign of the impact it made it was instead placed in a public square outside the palazzo vecchio the seat of civic government in florence after the turmoil of savonarola's regime the statue soon came to symbolize the defense of civil liberties embodied in the republic of florence an independent city-state threatened on all sides by more powerful rival states and by the hegemony of the Medici family. The eyes of David with a warning glare were fixed towards Rome. Let's turn to two of Michelangelo's frescoes in the Sistine Chapel in Rome. The scenes from Genesis on the ceiling and the last judgment on its altar wall. The commission as envisaged by Pope Julius II, was to adorn the chapel with figures of the Twelve Apostles. Michelangelo was reluctant to take the job and persuaded the Pope to give him a free hand in the composition. The resulting scheme of decoration awed his contemporaries and has inspired other artists ever since. The image of the finger of God touching the finger of Adam is one of the best known and most reproduced works in the history of art. It is inspired by verse 27 in the first chapter of Genesis. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. In 1990, a fascinating article by Dr. Frank Lynn Meshberger in the Journal of the American Medical Association, speculated that the background figures and the shapes portrayed behind the figure of God appeared to be anatomically, anatomically accurate picture of the human brain. A fascinating theory. We have put up a close-up in today's blog, so you can judge for yourself. We've also included a link to the article. The last judgment, which covered the whole altar wall, is a depiction of the second coming of Christ and the final and eternal judgment by God of all humanity. The dead rise and descend to their fates, as judged by Christ who is surrounded by prominent saints. Altogether there are over 300 figures, with nearly all of them males and angels. This took four years to complete, and Michelangelo worked on it 25 years after having finished the Sistine Chapel ceiling, and was nearly 67 years old at its completion. It was completed under Pope Paul III, whose strong reforming views probably affected the final treatment. And unusually, Michelangelo depicted his own face. In the flayed, behind the flayed skin of Saint Bartholomew. One of the functions of the Sistine Chapel is as a venue for the election of each successive pope in a conclave of the cardinal of, cardinals, College of Cardinals. The first time it was used as such was in 1492, fifty years before the Last Judgment was completed. Its place behind the main altar meant that the voting cardinals would be contemplating it before they cast their ballot for the next pope. Standing in front of the altar, each cardinal would make a sacred oath that I call as my witness Christ the Lord who will be my judge, that my vote is given to the one who before God I think should be elected pope. It is often assumed that the sharp contrast in Michelangelo's painting, between the ordered ranks of figures in the top part and the chaotic and frenzied activity below, especially on the right-hand side of the fresco that leads to hell, might act as a salutary reminder to the electing cardinals of the sacred gravity of their office. Finally, at the age of 71, Michelangelo received the greatest and final commission of his life. Pope Paul III appointed him chief architect at St. Peter's Basilica, built over the grave of the Apostle Peter, where popes are laid to rest and home of the tallest dome in the world. By the time Michelangelo took over, it had already been under construction for 40 years and had had five different architects, but none of them had considered the engineering problems of raising a dome which was as large as the one on the Pantheon down the road, but twice as high. Michelangelo substantially increased the scale of the four major piers at the crossing in the nave that supports the dome and enhanced the thickness of the perimeter of the church. Prior to Michelangelo, everybody else was following the rules of Vitruvius and ancient architecture. Taking a different approach, which only someone with his status and genius could carry off, he said that compasses should be in your eyes, not just on paper. And has often, uh, often been commented that often been commented that as a sculptor, Michelangelo's buildings have the sense of a sculptural living presence and they don't sit so heavily, heavily on the ground. How do we account for his unique genius? Michelangelo was abstemious in his personal life and he once told his apprentice Ascanio Condivi However rich I may have been, I have always lived like a poor man. Condivi said he was indifferent to food and drink eating more out of necessity than of pleasure and that he often slept in his clothes and boots he was by nature a solitary and melancholy person a man who withdrew himself from the company of men This has led to contemporary speculation that he may have met the criteria for Asperger's disorder or high-functioning autism. A complex disorder that does not affect intelligence, but does impact on how people perceive and process information. Marked by the difficulty in communication, by social isolation and a need for control, and an obsession with very specific interests these are all the hallmarks of autism. A report by two British psychiatrists, Muhammad Arshad and Michael Fitzgerald in the Journal of Medical Biography, point out that as a child and a young man, Michelangelo did not get along with his family and he suffered physical abuse. He was aloof and a loner and his mentor described him as being unable to make friends or maintain any relationship. He did not attend his brother's funeral and was obsessed with work and controlling everything in his life whether it be family, money or time and the loss of control caused him great frustration. However we attempt to understand his genius his legacy is perhaps unprecedented. The school of art named the Mannerism was inspired by him and his disciple Raphael. David the statue is the most famous male nude of all time and now graces cities all over the world. The Dome of St Peter's was to influence the building of churches for many centuries, most notably St Paul's Cathedral in London, as well as the civic domes of many public buildings and state capitals across America. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. A little bit longer than usual and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Let me know if you'd like to know more about Michelangelo and please join us tomorrow, if you can, as we look at the liturgical revolution in the Catholic Church. Visit our website for more information at www.pogp.net And if you'd like to respond directly, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. Thank you to Paul Pittman for today's music, and have a lovely day wherever you are. And thank you for listening.